You know, we, um, we all like to receive gifts. Um, on our birthdays, we like to receive gifts. At Christmas, we like to receive gifts. I like to receive gifts for no reason. Just somebody give me a gift. Uh, I work really well when people give me gifts. And you may be that type of person. Um, we look forward to gifts on those special days, but you, can you imagine how special a gift would be if you didn't get a lot of gifts? I remember one Christmas when our two eldest girls were real small, not that big. And my mom and dad um, came and Linda's folks came and we had Christmas at our house and um, two sets of grandparents you can imagine what it was like I sat at about 11 o'clock at night in my chair on one side of the living room and on the other side of the living room was a Christmas tree and in between that 15 foot span you could not see the floor because of Christmas gifts that grandma and grandpas, the grandma and grandpas brought. Because you know, within grandma and grandpas, it's let's see who can outdo the other one. So our kids open presents for three or four days at least. Um, but we like to receive those gifts. And sometimes the more the merrier. And you had an opportunity this past year to uh, pack shoe boxes like this one and we sent them out around the world i think our boxes went to mexico um, so those of you who pack boxes we know that at least they're going to mexico and to bring joy to the children there and what one of the things that's special about these boxes is that they're just not one gift and some of the kids that are going to receive this have never received one gift but when they open up the box there could be numerous things in there there could be a knit hat this is a little uh, chalkboard and chalk that opens up and it's kind of a uh, cute little thing for them there may be a bar of soap doesn't smell there may be a pencil sharpener there may be Pencils to go with the pencil sharpener. Um, there may be a toothbrush because every kid needs to know how to brush their teeth. And then there may be a comb. This used to be my comb. <laughs> as you can tell. No, it's really not my comb. Um, so there's all sorts of things in this box, and that's one of the reasons that makes it so special for these kids that receive the boxes, because there are so many things in the box. The more the gifts in the box, the merrier. The kids just love it, and we have watched videos and heard stories of kids who have just opened that box, never received a gift, and saw all these wonderful gifts packed inside that box. You know, it reminds me of the church. The church is uh, like this Operation Christmas Child box. It is filled with gifts. Now, I had a lot of things to say today, but Tim took most of them. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. But he said good things. I can't argue with what he said. And I think one of the things that, that, um, that Tim said that 
is important for us, it kind of stretches our idea of what a spiritual gift is, is when he took us to Exodus 31, and you can also go to Exodus 35, the end of Exodus 35, and into Exodus 36, and you see people gifted with the ability to build things. Lots of times we look at Scripture, and if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to 1 Corinthians um, chapter 12. And there's other passages we could go to. We could go to Romans 12. We go to Ephesians 4. Uh, we can go to 1 Peter. And uh, we can find listings of spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians uh, 12, starting at verse 1. The Apostle Paul writes, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when, the, when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking of the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the word of wisdom, to other the word of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to others various kinds of tongues, and to other another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, there is a theme packed up in this first few verses of 1 Corinthians 12. The theme is this, it is not spiritual gifts. It is the Spirit. In fact, the Trinity is shown here. Lord, Spirit, God, the Father. Over and over we are told that these things are given by the Spirit, by God. He chooses, as the last verse we looked at, he chooses what to give and whom to give it to. It's clear here that as we are filled with the Spirit, we are filled with the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts come to us as members of the body of Christ because of the Spirit's presence in our lives. The Spirit present in our lives when we surrender our life to Jesus and are filled with the Spirit brings with him 
gifts. And he gives to each one what is needed at that time. Now, I don't have the gift of speaking in other languages. All you have to do is ask my uh, ninth grade Spanish teacher. Uh, I just don't have that ability. But I could be set down in uh, Uganda, taken to a uh, village, a tribe that has never experienced the word of God. And I believe that if the Holy Spirit would choose so, he could give me the ability to speak in the language of the ears of the people who are there. Now, I can't do that anywhere. I don't believe I have that ability. But the scriptures tell us that the Holy Spirit in us will allow us to uh, be used of him in whatever way he chooses. Now, I also believe that God, by his spirit, gives us specific gifts we encouraged you a couple weeks back in our uh, weekly email. We gave you a link that you could click on to take you to a uh, spiritual gifts inventory. And I hope you did that. We also had some paper ones here in the Welcome Center. And if you can't, didn't get online, I hope you availed yourself uh, to one of those. Some of you know your spiritual gifts from previous inventories, previous things that you have done. Um, and in your bulletin today, there is a little half sheet of paper. And on there, it gives you an opportunity to list um, what I would classify, what we would classify as your top three gifts. I don't believe, and I've, in all my years of ministry, I've found over and over and over again that the people of God usually have a gift mix. They are given one, they're given gifts that work together well, as God determines. So if, if you want to, you could fill out those little pieces of paper, and there's a box like this on the welcome table. You can just drop them in. And what we want to do as a church, part of our transition process, is to discover the gifts of the people of this body and be able to use them to get the right person in the right place. I have specific gifts. There's things that I cannot do. I don't um, possess the gift to play the drums. I mean, I could play on the drums. I've been known to bang on a drum. But to really be able to keep a beat uh, through the song, I'm just not gifted. But there are people who are gifted with that. I want us to be aware that the gifts that we have, I'll say it again, the gifts that we have come from the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit does not leave you ungifted. I've had people come to me and say, I don't have any spiritual gifts. I think that's contrary to what Scripture teaches we are given gifts, and notice the reason why we are given them. We are give, they are given to us, as verse 7 says, for the common good. 
Next week, we will look at, chap at chapter 12, verse 12 and following, and it talks more about the common good and the need we have for each other. But what Paul um, really wants us to understand in the beginning of all this is that the, the Spirit gives the gifts, and he gives the gifts for the common good, for the good of the church, and also for the good of the community. Some of you are teachers at school. That's a gift, I believe, that God has given. Some of you build buildings like, like Don, but, and God gives him that gift to use for the glory of God. Some of you are farmers, and God has given you a gift to work the soil, and that is a gift from him, just like he gifted the men when they were building the tabernacle. Because they were filled with the Spirit. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you are filled with the Spirit and you are given things that may look um, not very spiritual, but I believe that you are given them or they are empowered by the Spirit for the common good of the church and the community. Some of you will find places to serve within the body of Christ. Some of you will find places to serve within the community, within the world. Those are gifts that are given. The gifts come from God to uh, display the wonder, the power, and the unity of God. I guess the question you can ask, people come to me from time to time and sit across the desk from me in the study and say, um, I don't have a spiritual gift. We talk about that for a little while. And they say, I just find, don't find, I read the Bible and I just don't have any of those gifts. And what most of us do, if we don't think we have any gifts, and the pastor has told us that you have to have one of these gifts, you default to the gift of helps. Well, I guess I have the gift of helps. I can put away tables and chairs. I have, that's my spiritual gift. Well, I think we need to broaden our horizons. I believe that God puts desire in our hearts and gives us the ability to serve. The question I will often ask as I listen to them, I say, if uh, money were no restraint, if time were no restraint, what do you love to do? What is your desire? What would you like to see? Let's dream a little bit. And I believe, as um, I believe it's Psalm 37 says, that God will give us the desires of our heart. I think that can be read two ways. One, he will give to us that which we uh, desire to have as we follow him, as we surrender to him. But I also say we can read this passage to say God will implant in us the desire. God will put his desire in our heart. So what we have to do is to say, what do I desire as a child of God? What do I want to see 
happen? What toots my horn? What butters my bread? What gives me thrill? What energizes me? Maybe, just maybe, that is the gift that the Holy Spirit wants to empower in your life. Paul will say, we are to do all things, not some things, but all things to the glory of God. Whether we eat or drink, we do it to the glory of God. Whether we speak or listen, we do it to the glory of God. I would love to sit down with the church. The elders I know would love to sit down with the church and say, what is your desire? What do you want to see? What has God gifted you to do? And let's find a way for you to do it. It doesn't have to be an organized plan of the church. I think... um, One of the great gifts that God has given people, and I've met them, is the gift of hospitality. You go to their home and you just feel like kicking your shoes off at the front door and plopping down on a couch, and nothing is expected of you. They just open their home. Their home is is welcoming and, and warm doesn't always have to be fancy, but you feel at home. They just have that. They ooze hospitality. I've had people come to me after church and say, Pastor, we were wondering if it's okay to invite people to our home after church for a meal. And I look at them right in the eyes and I say, absolutely not. You can't do that. You can't invite anybody over to your house because you're not part of the come over to my house team. No, I don't say that. If you want to invite somebody over to your house for dinner, do it. Do it. No one's stopping you. God gives us desires. And the Holy Spirit can empower our desires. The other good thing of knowing that the Holy Spirit is the one who gives to each one individually as he wills is that we don't, that frees us up from uh, marking ourselves next to somebody else. Well, they've got this gift, and that's a better gift. No, that's what the Holy Spirit has given them. The Holy Spirit has given you something. Don't measure yourself by the ruling, the ruler shape of the other person. Measure yourself by what God is doing in you. Another thing that um, that strikes me is that. Um, We are, when we surrender ourselves to Jesus, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. 
we become the temple, God's temple. Paul will say uh, in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that we are indwelled, we are built into the temple of God, his dwelling place. And where God dwells, whether it's the tabernacle of Exodus, whether it's the temple of later Hebrew history, or whether it's the church, or whether it's the individual where God dwells, where his presence is, is sacred. You see, when you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, you become sacred space. That means wherever you go, whatever you do, whether it's going to school or going to work or serving in your, amongst your neighbors, wherever you go becomes sacred space. There really is, for the child of God, no separation between the spiritual and the secular. We often say, well, my gifts cannot be this because there's no spiritual aspect to it. Hear me again. Where you go, God goes. Where God is, is holy ground. Where you are is holy ground. Sitting in your math class is, for the child of God, holy ground. God can use you. It's not saying, well, I I really can't be spiritual. I can't be a Christian. I can't really have any spiritual gifts that are usable here in my fifth period math class. I beg to differ with you. God, the Holy Spirit, is indwelling you. Where you are, God is. The question for us is, how will I allow God to shine through me, to work through me, to touch the lives of the people around me? So we need to ask ourselves questions like, um, what do I desire to do? What motivates me? Then we need to ask ourselves, what are my abilities? I feel reasonably comfortable standing up in front of you, as happy as all of you look, Um, and talking, and I can do it for a long time. I won't bless you with that today. Some of you, if we came to you and said, we'd like you to do a 10-minute devotional in front of the church, would faint at that opportunity, would just say, not me. I'm sick at home in bed. I will never get up. 
I can't do that. Well, first of all, I disagree with you that you can't because if the Holy Spirit wants you to, he can empower you to do it. But it may not be your ability to do it. But you have abilities that I don't have. And God will use those abilities. So the question is, what motivates you? And what are your abilities? And I think we put those two things together. We find often what the Holy Spirit has gifted us, what he's empowered us to do. So we pray in the morning. God, use me today. The stuff that you have given me, use it today for your glory. You will change the world by your very presence in it. We lived in a neighborhood, I'll close with this one, we lived in a neighborhood in California kind of a little circle of homes in the Redwoods, maybe 25 homes there. Um, there were a few families that would be marked out as believers. Most of them were not. And um, when we got ready to move out, I was approached by a number of neighbors, some that I really even didn't spend a lot of time with, and said, and I say this in all humility, you are the most important people that made the biggest impact in our neighborhood. And as I look back at my life, I did very little in that neighborhood. I did not go door to door and share the gospel. I did not have Bible studies at my home. But I believe that our very presence where we are at brings salt and light. You make a difference because the Holy Spirit fills you. Whether, we, whether it's a good idea or not, God has chosen to use people like you for the progress of the gospel. Though I disagree with it sometimes, I don't think the church was a good idea. That God says, let's just take a bunch of people and throw them together in the same room. Let's make them the church and then let's give all the responsibility for sharing the gospel to the world to six billion people. Let's give it to them. How many of you think that was a good idea? But that's what he did. He chose you. He chose us to live out his presence in the world a high and holy calling. Let's pray.
We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.